host Ryan, and we're back with the Rumination Novel Part 3, Chapters 23 and 24. So I don't want to waste any time. Let's get straight into it. Housekeeping up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps us with discoverability. And we're still steadily growing. Uh, so we appreciate that. And then leave a like and comment wherever you're listening. We want to hear from you. Uh, but the easiest way is tell a friend to hope for the best by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. So quick recap. Uh, in the previous chapters, Calissa's in prison. Viego's still crazy. Camivore is pretty much on fire. Uh, it doesn't get better from here. <laughs> so let's see where we end up. So we start with chapter 23. And as usual, we have these broken in the scenes. So scene one, we start this chapter with Callista getting a little prison workout in. <laughs> She's in her tiny cell. And we kind of get a description of her conditions. And it's actually worse than I thought it was going to be. So like real quick. Quote, she wore a rough sackcloth gown and she was filthy. Her hands and feet were blackened with dirt and grime, and her stomach growled like an angry bear. Still breathing heavily from exertion, she brushed her, brushed her knotted hair from her face and took a sip of dirty water from a chipped ceramic cup, almost gagging on its foulness. Yeah, they're treating her like a lowborn citizen. <laughs> uh, Viego's not playing, he's lost his damn mind. And then Hecram shows up. He's now back in the city, and he appears in front of her cell. And he has the impression that he's shocked, uh, but it kind of seems like he's playing into it a bit. And Callista is wary of his personality. So she doesn't waste any time just getting in his grill about the whole situation, um, specifically the campaign of conquest towards the East. And all of his answers, you know, remember, Hecram is a smart guy. So all of his answers are kind of on the up and up. Uh, they seem like professional answers to the questions she's asking, and they have some reasoning behind them, especially from a military sense, to the point where Callista is starting to get unsure of herself because she feels like if she was in his position, she would answer the questions the same way. So this goes on until he offhandedly asks about Helia in a manner that kind of catches her attention and she keeps her response simple and vague on purpose and starts looking him in the face to see if he responds and he doesn't really he doesn't really give the game away but he does mention okay well I'm gonna go talk to the Iron Order and the King and request a better jail situation for you and he leaves Callista there and she's just sitting there once again in deep thoughts and she now you know she has a lot of time uh to think about think about the whole situation <clears throat> and this takes us to scene two. So we jump across Runeterra now, back to the Blessed Isles, and we have Rise, who's reading from his cuneiforms. Remember the whole thing he worked so hard to get. Uh, and Jendakai is not too far from him, and she's taking a nap on the grass while he's doing his little uh, ritual uh, that he's learned. So he finds himself now enjoying her company because if you remember you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about that whole situation with him being haunted by those spirits and he ran to Callista and Jendakaya and they helped him out. So he has something to share with Jendakaya because we know Rise is kind of an outcast in Helia when it comes to like the scholars. So 
They're looking to stay out of trouble. He's looking to stay out of trouble as well with Tyrus. So he's doing his studies as needed. And then when he's done with his studies, he then reads up on his personal work, uh, where he's now practicing getting better at using his powers. So this kind of keeps him out of trouble. So there's a moment where he's going through his routine, building and controlling that raw magic that powers the runes within him. And it surprises him when he's able to release a blast that splits a boulder completely in two without hurting himself. Uh, he's very proud of this. And it also wakes Jendakaya up because it's an explosion noise, right? Like, <laughs> you're not going to sleep through that. And she looks at him, who's he's very proud of what he does and what he did. And then she looks at the boulder and she tells him, show me what else you can do. Because once again, when you talk about personalities, we know Jendakaya is definitely interested in Rise's powers. And this takes us to scene three. So we head back to Camelvore now. And Callista, in clean clothes, in a better jail cell situation, and with a full meal in her stomach, is talking to Hecram again. And they go back and forth, and he finally convinces her, listen, tell the king about the Blessed Isles so he can at least see for himself. He can talk to the scholars, he can see that it's hopeless, and that may finally pull him out of this, you know, insane streak he's on. And he'll come to his senses. And this gives Callista hope, which is what she's been digging for all this time. And he even goes so far as to tell her, listen, you don't have to make the decision now, but whatever decision you make, I will back you on this. And that was his mistake, because this takes us to scene four. <laughs> so we now have Callista kneeling in the throne room, and she tells Diego that she will take him to the Blessed Isles with a few conditions. One. It's a single ship. Two, it's an honor guard of the best soldiers from the host, not the Iron Order. And three, she gets to pick the people. This makes Hecram furious. And Callista just ignores him, right, as he throws this silent tantrum because he's not going to interrupt the whole situation. And Viego does a complete personality 180 back to the happy, joyful Viego we know. And he's like, deal, let's do it. And Hecram storms out of the room and Viego tells them, all right, it's time to prepare for sale. He doesn't want to waste any time. And that's where this chapter leaves off. And this takes us into chapter 24. So similar to chapter 23, this one's pretty quick as well as we start to progress closer and closer to the Blessed Isles. And this one only has, I think, three scenes in it. So scene one, we're now at the docks. And we get, you know, the reintroduction of Venix here. And she's kind of teasing Callista about how dire this whole situation is. But the Callista that's now back at the docks is not the same as the one who left it. Uh, she's hella stressed out and she can't really play into, you know, the fun banter with Venix uh, because all of this is on her, sh her shoulders, right? And then the procession arrives with the king um, and the queen concealed so people can't see that she's dead, right? Uh, and the honor guard, right, that uh, Callista picked. But there's a little special guest here, and it's Hecram among them. And this confuses her because she said, you know, no Iron Order. Hecram does the whole thing of, oh, I'm not here as a knight. I'm here as Viego's friend and your fiancé. And wouldn't it look weird if you didn't let your fiancé come to help protect you and his friend? 
And she's just like, whatever, dude, get on the boat, <laughs> right? And Venix is just watching this whole thing, right? And she can tell Callista's nervous, not knowing what Hecram is up to and why he's so insistent. Uh, but she just kind of glances at the whole thing and mutters to herself, this is going to work out great, sarcastically, right? Uh, and this takes us to scene two. So now we're on the water, and one thing Callista notices is how dour the atmosphere is with the king on board, and he's talking to Isolde, which everyone knows is dead, and it's just a complete different vibe. Like, he killed it. <laughs> There's a complete different vibe from her adventure as she went to find the Blessed Isles. And she, she's aware of this, right? Even Venix is aware of this, and Venix is kind of keeping her, her distance as well from the whole thing. And Callista says, okay, well, let me at least go talk to Ladros and apologize for how she treated him during their argument uh, back on the mainland. And even Ladros is kind of in a dour uh, sentiment, and he's kind of standoffish and very cold, and he's only talking to her in a professional manner, like, yes, ma'am, um, kind of type situation, right? And she's tired of the awkwardness, but he won't break character. And she gets frustrated and just decides to walk away from it, right? She apologized. And <laughs> the funny thing about this is just like the Callista we know, as she's apologizing for getting angry at him, she's getting angry at him being awkward because of the situation. It's just that whole thing. Barry High School. This takes us to scene three. So scene three, we're now approaching the mist. And Callista is continuing to doubt that she can even get them through it because she has the Waystone, but she doesn't know how to navigate the mist with the Waystone. She's never used it, right? They kind of just handed it to her and said, hey, you know, figure it out on your way back. And talking to Venick, she mentions that, you know, this is kind of hopeless. Venix is like, what if we never came back, right? Do you ever think if we just hung out with the Buru people, they just think we were lost at sea, and then we avoid all this. And Callista knows, doesn't really indulge Venix's thinking, because she knows if they never returned, Viego would wipe everything on that side of the map off the map <laughs> um, in his tirade. So she doesn't even indulge it. So they reach the mist. She holds up the stone. Nothing happens. Viego was standing there. A couple people were standing there to see if it was going to be a big display. Nothing's happening for a while. People get bored. Even Viego leaves and heads back to his quarters and tells Callista, I trust you to figure this out, right? Nuno comes up and offers his assistant, but she's like, no, nah, I got this. And she thinks back to when she was with Jendikaya and using the relic stones. And the relic stones, remember, required the wielder to will the weapon to fire. So she tried to apply this to the waystone. And it works. And then Venix comes over because Venix has no idea about any of this. And she asks, hey, what did you do? And she tells Venix, I just swore at it in my mind. And it worked. And that's where this chapter ends. So we're here. <laughs> and based on my extensive knowledge of the preceding events, uh, the situation won't be getting any better, folks. But we will endure it together. Uh, that's all I can offer. But as always, you know, thanks for your patience as, you know, getting these out um, in the best timely manner as we can. But as always, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. And as Hetch always says, take care, everybody.